Do you know Forrest Gump's password? It's one Forrest one. All right, let's get the show started. Yakerbot Talk Podcast, the show where we cover chatbot news, updates, tips, and tactics for messenger marketing with both chat fuel and many chat users. This is your first time listening, then welcome. Lots to learn. If you're just getting started, then you found the right place. From learning the basics to what the heck messenger marketing and conversational commerce is, to advanced topics such as JSON and getting the most out of your bots. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. This episode is brought to you by thinktuitive.com. When it comes to building bots, you can do it one of two ways. Figure it out on your own or be guided by somebody who knows what the heck they're doing. Dana Tran over at Thinktuitive knows what the heck she's doing, and you might have already seen her articles on Minichat versus Chatfuel review. It's an incredible piece which covers each platform. Or you might have seen her article on Social Media Examiner where she talks about how to use Facebook Messenger bots for late scoring prospects. Either way, she does know what the heck she's doing. Well, Dana has a free mini course, Intro to Bots, where she breaks everything down for you. So be sure to check that out. Well, Deborah Kay, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Thomas. Thanks for having me. Yeah, totally. And this is your first one, which shocked me. Yes, it's my very first podcast interview, so I'm very excited. That's awesome. You've done tons of videos, though, right? I have, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's bring up uh, to people to speed on like, who you are and, and what you do. Um, so tell us just a quick background of who you are. Oh, quick background. That's going to be challenging. I've, uh... <laughs> it actually is going to, it really is. Cause the more people, the more I know about you, the more it blows my mind. Um, <laughs> but I guess try to keep it, uh, you know, like a minute or two. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. So I, uh, I grew up in Singapore. I'm from Singapore. Uh, and I was living in Singapore till I was 18. And then I went to Cambridge university uh, I read economics there um, and then started working for a consulting firm called Bain & Company. So we do uh, corporate strategy and management consulting. Uh, did that for about eight years, went to Wharton, did my MBA, uh, and then I went into finance. So uh, another kind of career shift, went into finance for about five years, worked in Singapore, Tokyo, London, New York, all over the world, uh, and then moved back to Singapore about four, five was it six years ago? Well, yeah, about four to six years ago, I moved back to <laughs> Singapore and decided to, you know, start doing my own thing. So I had enough of corporate life, had enough of boardrooms, had enough of PowerPoint presentations, had enough of Excel spreadsheets. Um, and yeah, just pretty much decided to do my own thing, really. Um, so, uh, you know, once in a while, I still do uh, consulting for private equity firms. I mean, that's kind of what pays, pays well, pays the bills. Um, but you know, uh, the rest of the time I'm kind of 
learning about the whole digital space, which is, you know, something that's fascinating to me. Um, totally. I'm just learning about websites, learning about, you know, your digital footprint, learning about how everything works. Uh, and, you know, for, for someone uh, without a coding background, I had to pretty much pick it up from scratch. So, you know, um, you know my, my, my journey into this started when I tried to get a website built for me. Uh, and I went to freelancer.com and I used to think, oh yeah, if I had money, I could just pay someone to do it. But the, the problem was I, I couldn't even communicate with the freelancer. So I, I couldn't even tell him what I wanted. And, you know, he kept asking me, like, what do you, what do you want? Do you, do you want, you want WordPress or do you want this? And I'm like, I just want a website. <laughs> like, do you want PSD or do you want, I'm like, what the hell is PSD? I just want a website. Yeah. Yeah, just put I, it up. It's just a simple three-page website. And, and after three days, okay, so I only paid the guy like 30 bucks. But after three days, I got a PSD file. And I'm like, I can't even open this shit. <laughs> so that's when I thought like, okay, I am, I, I've got to learn at least uh, how to communicate uh, mm. in the right language. Uh, you know, so it, it doesn't, you know, I don't have to master it. I don't have to, I don't have to learn how to do everything, but I have to be able to speak the basic language of code. Um, and that's when I started kind of building my own websites, doing lots of online tutorials uh, and, and just, just, just trying it out and doing it. So first, you know, do it, building websites on like website builders, then, then learning to code my own HTML, CSS and JavaScript. Um, and, uh, and, and that was kind of how it all started, right? right. Um, then, then I, you know, then I started getting active on social media. So it started off with Twitter. Twitter is my first love. I, I, <laughs> I love, love, love Twitter. Like everything I've learned, I've learned from Twitter. And I'm not even joking. Uh, I believe it. It's how I stay up with, stay up, keep up to date with the news. Like I've, I've met so many amazing people on Twitter. You know, I've, I've, I've chatted to so many experts in so many different fields from all over the world. And all of this is uh, true Twitter. And it was actually true Twitter that I started building bots. Um, this was about two years ago. And, um, you know, Twitter has like the most open API. So it's, the, it's like the easiest platform for anyone to build a bot on. Uh, and uh, yeah, I started building Twitter bots and that's kind of how it all started. Well, that's interesting. So how do, well, I mean, to me, you're like the definition of a Twitter influencer. Would you say that that's safe to say? <laughs> Micro influencer, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but an awesome one, but an awesome one. Um, so tell me a little bit more about um, what sort of Twitter bots that you built. Yeah, so um, so the, the different things that you can do on Twitter, you can build a bot that um, that likes or retweets based on certain hashtags. Uh, you can build a bot that will. Um, I mean, you know that that is like the most basic level of a bot, right? Someone that just likes and retweets people, either specific people or specific hashtags. Right. And the very first Twitter bot I built, like it clearly said, you know, I'm a bot, Twitter bot, right? And it says I will disclose all my secrets once I hit like two thousand followers. It oh did wow! Not follow, it did not follow anyone at all, and all it did was re retweet. At the time, like the trending hashtag was growth hacking, right? So it would just retweet any tweet that had growth hacking on it. 
and it would retweet this um, this well-known marketer called Jeff Bullas, right? And within kind of like three to five months, I had a Twitter profile that, you know, had a higher social authority than a lot of, you know, long-time Twitter influencers. Really? Uh, yeah. So that that's kind of how it starts. So that kind of fascinated me, right? And it didn't follow anyone. So it doesn't do any of the follow-unfollow tricks. It, it just just retweeted like a lot <laughs> wow and um and yeah it, it hit it hit 2000 um 2000 followers right without following anybody at all without doing anything really so that's that, that kind of just made me think like mm, if i can do that like what else can i do so i started trying to learn how to build uh slightly more advanced bots so you know, you can have bots that uh, that will follow and unfollow, uh, like, unlike, retweet. Uh, you used to be able to automatically list someone, so add someone to a list as well. Um, and like my friend, my friend who is a real Twitter influencer, Aaron Lee, he has like over a million followers on Twitter. He had all these nifty tricks that about, you know, if, if someone liked your post or if someone mentioned you, you would add them to a list and call them like rock stars. Uh, so you, 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 know, you see a lot of people <laughs> like uh, having lists called rock stars or like my sidekicks or, you know, so it, it wouldn't say like, you like my tweet or you mentioned me, or, like give you a fancy name. And, right. uh, and then basically like when people see that they've been added to the list, they'll, they'll feel flattered and then they are more likely to, um, to follow you back or to follow you at all. Um, that has changed though. So Twitter's rules, uh, Twitter's API's rules have changed. So you can't do that anymore. Uh, but but so so that's another kind of bot that you can build. Um, I have I have hmm, one two three four five six six news bots. Uh, so I use them to keep me up to date with what's happening in those those niches or those genres. So for example, I have like an orchestra bot that that actually uses AI. Uh, to uh, crowdsource the trending news in classical music and orchestras, and every day it would retweet like the most, the most, the most trending news like it can find within the the, the algorithms that I've defined. Um, so that's a classical music bot. That's a news bot. It doesn't follow anyone. It doesn't retweet. It doesn't like. It literally just sends out like the latest news, right? And oh wow! And once in a while, like you know where. Uh, like every couple of days, I will just go and read through it, and it's a very selfish bot. I built, I built it for myself so that I can keep up to date with what's happening in that space. <laughs> yeah, um, is it the same with the uh, kids coding? So I have a Twitter bot that just retweets news on kids coding. Um, I have a bot on gifted education uh, that just tweets news on education, ed tech, and uh, you know specifically regarding to gifted education and gifted children. Uh, I have a bot on digital futurism. I have a bot on AI and marketing. I have a bot on chat bots. Uh, I have a bot on budget travel. I have, a, yeah, I, I have a lot of Twitter bots. I have like about 17 of them right now. That's incredible. So that's all Twitter. How did you find your way to like Facebook Messenger bots then? Yeah, so about, uh, let me think. It was probably about two years ago when, uh, when Chatfuel first first launched and um and at that time uh you know like there were all these very early bot platforms that would allow you to kind of build uh twit either twitter or telegram bots right so not facebook messenger bots yet right but 
uh, Telegram and Face and Twitter bots. There was one tool called Ask Dexter. Uh, there was uh, there were a whole bunch of them. Um, there was ChatFuel, but the, you, there wasn't very much you could do at that time um, because there wasn't any la natural language processing tools. So you could build you could build kind of limited conditional logic bots. If you say this, if you press this button, it does this. But that was pretty much it. Um, see, on, 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 on Twitter, you are constrained by the, the kind of like the 140 characters at the time. Right, right. now, it's 280 characters, but at the time, it was 140, 80, uh, 140 characters. And, and, uh, and no natural language processing tools. So no, no, you say this, I say this. You say this, I say this. Right. Having said that, there are a lot of fairly sophisticated um, word-based bots. So there, you know, there's, there's this guy who, uh, uh, he's called uh, Darius Kazemi, a, a tiny subversions on Twitter, and he has built something like 65 Twitter bots, right? And all of his Twitter bots play, play like word games. Um, I have them on a Twitter list. So if you, if you go to my profile and you look under my lists and look for one list called Darius uh, Kazemi bots, you can see all his uh, Twitter bots that he's built. Now, this is what really fascinated me at the time, right? Because you, when you're able to construct sentences, like a lot of them don't make a lot of sense, but when you're able to like use artificial intelligence to construct sentences or use, use tools, use software to construct sentences, right. I mean, that's kind of cool. Right? No, it's so very cool. He, he has a rat name bot. He has a fellas bot. He has a distraction bot. He has an art browsing bot, a, an expanding brain bot, a radical thinkers bot, you know, a, a, a roses, a red bot, a lot of like rhyming and poetry bots. Um, they use, so they use various APIs, one of which is like WordNix API that um, allows you to make sentences uh, with kind of, I guess, grammar rules or word rules. So, I mean, this comes a little bit closer to kind of um, natural language processing or artificial intelligence in language. But that was, that was kind of how it all got me started, right? Like, how do I make a bot that actually um, is able to construct a sentence on its own? Right. And so have you, you've done that yourself then? Uh, one that pulls random sentences? Uh, yeah, so uh, I... I I have, I have. It's not a very good one because it doesn't make any sense, really. <laughs> so, um, so there's a, you, you know, you can actually build a Twitter bot of a spreadsheet, a Google sheet, um, and uh, you know the, uh, it, it, it's it's pretty cool. I can share, I can share the link with you, but um, it basically lets you like apply different rules to how you want your bot to talk. Right, so uh, uh, yeah, just different different ways of like mixing and match matching like different words. So uh, so yes, I built one. I I, I what I did was I scraped uh, a hashtag game. You know what hashtag games are on Twitter? I don't. Uh, so basically, it would be you know uh, there are these groups that organize hashtag games, and so the hashtag for today would be uh, you know like uh, things to say to a millennial. And then people would use would, would 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 send a tweet and then use that hashtag, right? Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, yeah. So it would be a, it's like a theme. The hashtag is like a theme, or like things I hate today, or like uh, you know, I'm not giving you very good examples, but I basically scraped uh, 
uh, Twitter hashtag game where it was uh, basically people making fun of millennials, like all the usual stuff about millennials. And, and then I, I had a bot that just tweeted out like stuff about millennials once. So uh, yeah, that was my spreadsheet bot. <laughs> that sounds awesome, actually. So um, it's always just say random things. So it wasn't it wasn't necessarily picking up like intent or anything like that for those no, specifically. No. Okay. No, nothing like that. So uh, the, only, the, the transition that I saw in kind of bots is kind of when the natural language processing tools like with AI, Lewis and Dialogflow came into the market. Right. Which makes sense because those things are, that's what they're designed for, right? That's correct. That's awesome. So so tell me a little bit more about what you've done in, um, in the bot space. I mean, how did you, like you, cause you kind of gave us a background of how you got into that, but what have you done so far uh, within like the messenger um, marketing world? Uh, yeah. So, so it was um, in September, it was only in September last year that I, you know, got into building messenger bots. And that is because, um, you know, I, I was looking at uh, cool kind of applications to e-commerce for for uh, a lipstick startup that I'm involved with. Yeah, so I didn't mention that at all, did I? Yeah, no, I, and I was waiting for you to. Startup. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so this is with, um, you know, uh, a really good friend of mine from, from Bain, uh, which is the consulting firm that I used to work for, and we were at Cambridge and working together, Louisa, and... Uh, and uh, you know it's a Korean lipstick brand, but it's it's so it's manufactured in Korea, but it was you know you know completely formulated by by Louisa and and uh, and and Christine, and uh, we launched sometime in I think July last year, uh, so it's been just under a year. But we we sell our lipsticks online, um, and it's only lipsticks, right? So we. It, it, we only have lipsticks in our in our in our uh, in our portfolio, uh, but now we are in about I think ten retail stores in Singapore, so that's pretty exciting. Um, so yeah, so that's my 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 little side side uh, side project with lipstick. But it was because I was looking for uh, cool e-commerce solutions to uh, for uh, uh, for the lipstick brand. I came across you know a couple of solutions that uh, offered e-commerce via messenger bot but as I looked through each of them you know I I didn't really like the solution so I didn't really like what they offered and I thought like I can do a much better job if I just built it myself um, and and then so you know I kind of went to Google and then I found this HubSpot, HubSpot did a guide on how to build a, a messenger bot on Chatfield, and I just read the guide, and then I just built the lipstick bot, right? So, um, so I mean, the the initial the initial bot wasn't a very sophisticated one. Uh, uh, it was, it, you know, it, I was still kind of learning how to design conversations and uh, learning how to use Chatfield as a tool, uh, learning how to. Um, built kind of more advanced conditional logic filters into the bot. Um, so for example, like my bot can recognize if you're male or female, and then it will kind of stream you through the appropriate gender correct stream of conversation. Right, right? which is actually something I experienced, which was neat, because I was just poking around in your bot, and, and then it's like, hey, you know, this might not be for you, um, but, you know, here's some things that 
you know, would might, might interest you, which I thought was like, Oh gosh, that's so smart. You know, that's really knowing your audience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, for me, it was just, a. It would just be weird if, 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 you know, I knew I was talking to a man and I'm like, well, I mean, I'm not trying to be discriminatory or anything, but if I just kept saying like, oh yeah, would you like pink or red lipstick? You know, like, yeah, let me show you something that I think you would really like. Yeah, uh, exactly. So, it just, it helps target them a little bit better. Yeah. And I mean, I get a lot of men talking to my bot, my lipstick bot. Um, most of them are bot builders. <laughs> Right. Most of them are bot builders, I'm, I'm fairly sure, because I can always see that they're testing various things, right? Mm. They're like testing if my bot can respond to A-S-D-F-G-H-J-K-L. Like, I get that so much, it's not even funny. What is that supposed to even mean? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Something for like them, a, right? It's just like a... It's just like a it's just like a, I don't know, like a four-letter word in like eight letters or something. It's like an extreme wow. swear word, right? But it just got to a point where I had to program in a, a suitable response to A-S-D-F-G-H-A-K-L. Interesting. Oh, because that's just basically what they're, they're just trying to type in something random to see what it says. It, it, but it's not random. It is the entire second row of your keyboard in that exact order. No, yeah, I got that. Like, if you just ASDF, like, if you just went across the, the keyboard, but they're just testing it out to see what it says. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess, don't know. right? I, 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 I've seen it so many times that I feel like, hmm, this is like a, a standard test. So, I mean, basically, if you do that to my bot, my bot will return like a, a, a crazy GIF of someone going, like, going ASDF, you know, GHJLK. Uh, uh, and we'll return that to you. And um, yeah, and then, and then uh, you have the people that come and they clearly refuse to press any of the buttons that you have on your bot, right? So they won't press right. get started. They won't press, uh, they will just say hi. And then they'll say, show me some lipstick. So, so it's kind of <laughs> at that point, I had to, um, I had to really work on the, the, the natural language processing skills of the bot, right? So you can't, I mean, you don't, you can't expect someone to press the buttons just because you show them buttons. And, right. Uh, there's a lot of data around that as well. Um, so I think it's like 40% of, uh, of inputs sent to messenger bots are actually freeform text. So wow, bot, that's a lot. Yeah, so 40% freeform text, um, 10% stickers. Um, I don't have the detail on uh, emojis, but it was only 20% buttons or postbacks. Wow. Yeah, so I mean, if you want to build better bots, smarter bots, you have to be able to ha handle free response text. Uh, and, and free response text comes with things like typos, uh, slang, uh, abbreviations. Uh, so you, you kind of have to, you, you kind of have to train the bot to be able to handle all of those things. Right. No, and that makes sense because, I mean, that's, you know, it could just be a simple mistake, you know, that they're typing. And then if your bot doesn't recognize that, it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, that just, so, so there, there are various like kind of tricks around that. So if you, if you have certain words that are, uh, uh, you know, 
sent very often to your bot. You can run it through um, uh, SEO tools that check for typos. Uh, so oh. like typo generators. And then you can just upload that to Dialogflow. Um, but a lot of times it really comes to training your bot over time. So right. the more people that speak to it, the more the more the more material you have to train your bot, right? Right. No, that totally makes sense. It's like a child getting older, you know, they're experiencing more and more of life and um, you know, they just learned from that experience. So I mean, can you break down exactly what dialogue flow is for us and just kind of, you know, go us through like you know, this is what it is, this is why it's important, and, you know, this is kind of how to use it? Yeah, so Dialogflow is Google's um, natural language processing tool. Uh, it used to be called API AI, so some people may know it as API AI. Um, and there are several of these tools out there in the market, right? So there is, Facebook has Wit AI, Microsoft has Lewis, uh, but Google has Dialogflow. And from what I understand, most developers are, are using Dialogflow today. Uh, um, uh, Is that for a specific and, reason, though? Yeah, so from what I've heard, um, and again, this is just hearsay, so no real <laughs> evidence into it. So you can sure. call me out, it's fake news, but <laughs> this is oh my all gosh. <laughs> conversations that I've had with various developers. Um, so uh, apparently, when with AI, after with AI, so when Facebook Messenger first started, uh, most of the Facebook developers were using with AI, and they were, you know, uh, like real hardcore like developers. So not like me, right? Someone with without a tech background, but they were like real. They, they could like write real code, and they were all using with AI. But with AI does not have um, an interface that is friendly for non-developers. Oh, interesting. And, and after Wit AI sold to Facebook, um, what I heard is that the founders kind of uh, switched off uh, and there hasn't been that much kind of a product development uh, or even like buzz around Wit AI uh, in the chatbot developer community. And um, a lot of people seem to be talking about Dialogflow, using Dialogflow these days, right? And Dialogflow yeah. is... It, um, you know, can be used by developers as well as non-techies like me. Uh, I mean, to, to really use the full extent of Dialogflow, you, you probably still need to work with a developer, but you, you, can, you, you, can use, you can make use of some of the basic features of Dialogflow without understanding any code at all. Yeah, um, and there's a lot of great tutorials out there. Yeah, I, I mean, there are good tutorials. Unfortunately, the dialogue flow documentation is not that good, um, which is a bit of a shame. So, you know, even, even dialogue flow experts that I've consulted with say, I don't really know what this function is for. I don't really know what this does, right? <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> but uh, but, it, but it, it is a pretty powerful tool because, um, you know, it, it starts to be able to handle um, the, the kind of uh, non-structured text that people like to send to chatbots. Right, and I guess the, the, main, the main benefit to that would be if you don't want to program your bot for every use case um, because there are those random things that people send to you and then the more human it seems, the better the interaction will be with your person, like with the user. So is that, and that to me is like kind of the main reason to use dialogue flow. Is that sound the, you know, the, the, normal? The, 
<laughs> yeah, I think making your bot sound more human or having more a natural human conversation is definitely one benefit of Dialogflow. I think uh, for me, the most important thing is being able to handle when being able to handle a situation where people don't press the buttons on your bot. Yeah, so that keep, totally makes sense. To keep the conversation going, right? Because um, what I see with a lot of chat fuel bots is that uh, you know, you've designed like a beautiful conversation, you've put in jokes, you've put in emojis, you've put in GIFs, and then you show the user two buttons. And I don't press the button, I say something, and your bot just can't handle it. And right. so either, you know, there's either no response or uh, you trigger the default response, which is like the worst thing. Right. You trigger the default response and the bot says, didn't understand that. And, right. they're, they're, and, and it's even worse if you use quick reply buttons, right? Because the quick reply buttons disappear, right? I've just asked a question, the bot can't handle it, and I have no other buttons to press. Right, and so you basically lose that person. Yeah, you lose that chat forever, which is why, which is why you know, I, um, I, I intersperse a mix of quick reply as well as gallery buttons in my bot. So you can always scroll up and you can always kind of pick up if, if you know, for, for whatever reason, like you're getting nowhere just by typing free response text. And I think that's important to remember to mix up the quick replies and to, or at least to be aware of like where a quick reply could trip up your user. Um, and, uh, and then, and then it is, uh, looking at what people, what kinds of questions people ask when they type in free response and then training dialogue flow to be able to answer those questions. Um, and even, even though I use dialogue flow to respond to a question, all my dialogue flow responses come with either gallery or quick reply buttons that, uh, that kind of guide the user back to things that my bot can do. Right. And that, I feel, um, uh, really enhances the quality of the conversation as well as the length of time, you know, the length of the session a user has with my bot. Mm, that makes sense. How, how, do, how does somebody actually train uh, their bot to, to handle these responses that they're getting? So say you're getting a couple of funky responses and you're like, man, I'm getting that question a lot. How do you actually go about training your bot to handle that? Yeah, so in Dialogflow, there is a tab called Training uh, where you can actually see all the things that have been sent to the bot and you can see what Dialogflow has matched or what response Dialogflow has matched, uh, matched it up to uh, or whether it's gone to the, the default fallback. And then when you, see, when you see someone, so if someone says, like, how much is your lipstick? And I don't have a response for that, right? I go to my training dogs and it'll be like, how much is your lipstick? Default response. I don't understand. How much is your lipstick? Default answer. I don't understand. So I just have to create a response to how much is your lipstick. And then I go back and I say, and I assign every time someone has said, I don't, how much is your lipstick? I assign it to the right answer. So they could ask it in different ways, right? So it could be like, uh, how much is your lipstick? Or like, what is the price of your lipstick? Or like, I want to know the cost of your lipstick. So you just right. go and assign all of those questions to the response that says, we sell our lipsticks for 20 bucks. Uh, and that's how you train the bot. Right. Okay, that's awesome. And that, that obviously, keep that in mind, guys. Like when you're, when you're training your bot, there's a lot of different ways to ask questions. So just try to work out your, you know, the, obviously dialogue flow will help you with that because your bot's going to be getting some, but then you can also pre-program some stuff in, right? Yeah. So, so, yeah. so what I, um, so, uh, 
the advice that I have been given and that I use is that every time I think of one question that I want my bot to answer, right? So do you sell red lipstick? Um, I try to write that question in at least 10 different ways. And that is supposed to be the, 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 the magic number to train dialogue flow, at least 10, minimum 10, 10 mm. different ways that a user can ask the question and then one response at the minimum or like, you know, if you want to make the conversation more natural, then have a two or three different ways of saying the answer. That's the same answer. And so, can you set up dialogue flow to deliver those different ways? So if they ask what the cost is like several times, that it will give these different answers? Yes, you can. That's so cool. you can. So I can say the lipsticks cost 20 bucks or, or second response would be, um, uh, you know, it costs 20 bucks. Uh, third response could be you can buy them from our website for $20 uh, and it would randomize those responses. For That's you. awesome. You can That's actually make it even smarter as well, right? So for example, I can, uh, I can train it to say how much is product. And the oh. product is lipstick, lip shimmer, lip liner, lip contour. And then, um, and then the bot would respond a lip liner is, a lip shimmer is. Oh, I but, see. So, so, so one common question that I get for my lipstick bot is, do you have, what colors of lipsticks do you have? Do you have red lipstick, right? So my, my bot is trained to recognize uh, colors that we stop and colors that we don't stop. So red, nude, pink, orange, brown. Uh, it would respond, if someone asks any form of question around those colors, it would say, yes, we have red lipstick. Uh, if someone says, do you have blue lipstick? My bot will say, no, we do not have blue lipstick, black lipstick. <laughs> yeah, the, go, go to Spencer's or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> no goth colors yeah. here. <laughs> that's yeah, funny. So that's, that's the kind of cool stuff that uh, you can do with Dialogflow, um, which, which is, uh, you know, a little bit more similar to an old, an old like, AI programming language, right? It was, it's called AIML. Uh, AIML? What's that stand for? AIML, Artificial Language Markup, Artificial Intelligence Markup Language. Oh, right. And actually, that, that was the first bot that I built. So like, yeah, I totally forgot about this. So you can go to this site called Pandora's bot and you can build AIML bots. So a lot of the old artificial intelligence bots were built on AIML. Um, uh, one good example is Mitsuku. Mitsuku is one of my favorite bots to talk to. You can talk to her for ages. Um, and, uh, can you link that to me real fast? Yeah, Mitsuku chatbot. Let me just send you the link to that. Um, uh, she's won like a ton of awards and actually like her software is completely open source via API. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, so I've seen, I've seen like, uh, I'm sending you the link right now. And she's now, she's now, she has her own website, but she's also now on Facebook Messenger and she's also on uh, Telegram and she also has like an Android app but Mitsuka is one of the smartest, the smartest bots that I've ever seen. Uh, built by Steve Warswick, uh, who is an Englishman. Uh, very friendly, very nice uh, Englishman. Uh, won many prizes for Mitsuka bot. And um, he has been building this one bot for 11 years, if I remember correctly. Whoa. Yeah. Mm. 
Uh, and he doesn't believe in natural language processing. He, he believes in AI ML, uh, which was too hard for me to get my head around. Uh, you, ha you have a lot of, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very similar to what I described to you before. You have a lot of substitutions, right? So you have like verb substitutions, you have noun substitutions, you have, uh, you, you have, uh, it's kind of like regex to me. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> you can replace these three words with one word. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's complicated stuff. That's awesome. So what, what resources do you recommend people go to online? I mean, do you have like a, a video series yourself of, you know, getting started with Dialogflow? Uh, oh, with Dialogflow? So, so no, I don't. I have written a couple of posts on Medium that, uh, that kind of teach people some of the, the cooler tricks I've discovered myself on how to use Dialogflow. So you can find them on Chatbots Life. Mm -hmm. um, one of them is on how to use Dialogflow's uh, Smalltalk agent. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people, when they use Dialogflow, there's a flip, there's, there's a switch you can flip uh, that basically uh, allows your bot to handle uh, what Dialogflow calls Smalltalk, right? So just random chit chat. Right. Uh, and there, there are two options to flipping the switch. You can just flip the switch and and customize like at, customize it at a very minimal level, but that doesn't give you a lot of control over the small talk that uh, your bot can have. Uh, the slightly more advanced way is to download the pre-built small talk agent and then upload all of the intents into your bot. Mm. Um, the problem with that is that Dialogflow uh, doesn't give you a very easy way to search uh, all the intents. So if I remember correctly, there's something like 87 different intents in the Smalltalk agent wow. that you can just import into your bot. Um, but but you, can't, you can't search through what the questions are and you can't uh, search through what the responses are either. Oh, wow. So you just kind of have to trust blindly then. <laughs> yeah. So what I did was I actually had one of my assistants um, transcribe all the questions and all the responses into a Google sheet, like a searchable Google sheet, right? So wow. it makes it very easy for you. So it's like 1,510s uh, in a Google sheet, right? So Whoa. Uh, that's available free to anyone who wants it. All you have to do is go to my Medium post and uh, click on the links there and it will direct you to my Google sheet of Dialogflow Smalltalk uh, responses. Well, that's awesome. If you send that over to me, I can link that in the show notes as well for everyone. Yeah, sure, for sure. So, so that was one solution because it, it, you know, it was a problem that frustrated me. So I you know, invested the time and energy into building a solution. I'm like, well, yeah, sure. Anyone else can benefit from this, right? It's not like... Yeah, uh, totally. Uh, so, th so that's one. Um, another tutorial that I built with Dialogflow, which is on Medium as well, is... Um, uh, actually, that one was from chat, it's more for chat fields. How to use um, Giphy's API so that you can, uh, uh, you, you can trigger like automated uh, GIF responses in your bot. Mm. So that is also um, something that's open source. Like if you want the chat field bot to that, all you have to do is ask. 
and uh, you know, Rahul and I built that together. So Rahul is this amazing, amazing student that I discovered in the Chatfield community. He's uh, he's this really hardworking, hardworking boy. You know, codes in Python, smart kid. Um, you know, at the time, you know, I was looking for someone to help me with uh, Giphy's API. And I had a lot of kind of like freelance developers ping me, but none of them would help me for free. And I said, look, I don't, <laughs> want, to, I don't want to build a bot for money, right? I just want to teach people how to use Giphy's API, but I just, I will need a little bit of help with the coding. Right. And, uh, and Rahul was the only one that, you know, agreed to help me for free. Uh, and he, he liked the idea that we would be sharing this with everyone and that we would be teaching people how to use it. Um, and it's been great. You know, he has gotten, he has gotten paid work as a result of helping me on this project. Um, so much so that he's bought a new laptop. So wow, that's cool. Well done, well done to him. Right. Uh, and all, all this through building, building, uh, chat food bots for other people. Um, so that's another tutorial that I've written. And the last one is my emoji bot. Yes, which so, I know well. <laughs> yeah, so emojis are something that uh, a lot of people send to bots. So I, I, I don't have the, the stats for that yet. Um, I, I usually go to the guys at dashbot.io to get my chatbot stats. They're, they're great. So uh, Justina at Dashbot has been super helpful. Every, anytime I, I do a big presentation on chatbots, I get lots of good data from her that I can use in my presentations. Uh, um, they're doing the they're doing some analysis on emojis and chatbots, but I don't think they've released that data yet. Uh, so yeah, what's that space? But but you know, just just from my own experience, people send emojis and they send stickers to the bot, uh, and a lot of times the bot can't respond. Right, so that was a pain point, and I wanted to solve it. Um, and I, I, have, I have seen a bot that can respond to any emoji. It's a Singaporean chatbot. It's called Bus Uncle. And uh, Bus, Uncle, uh, uh, Bus Uncle was built by uh, this really smart, smart boy <laughs> in Singapore. And uh, I got to know him really, really well, uh, Abilash Muthi. And, uh, you know, we chat about chatbots all the time. But he basically told me that, yeah, you can have a solution uh, that, that responds to any emoji. So I kind of went out and, and I had to get a little bit of help. So Mark Littlemore was the one that helped me on that front. Um, and it, it, you know, again, it was getting my assistant to kind of manually map a response to 1,500 different emojis. Uh, so that part is completely manual, right? Wow. And then it's, it's figuring out how to get all of that up to dialogue flow. Uh, without manually having to program it. So actually for the first iteration, my, my assistant who's in the Philippines physically copied and pasted the emojis into Dialogflow, right? So that was like for the first iteration of it. It took about three days. And you know, the funny thing is that um, he's using like a, like a version of Windows that doesn't even let you see the emojis, right? Oh, that's so weird. He was, was just copying like black boxes into dialogue flow and then like hoping that it would work. <laughs> so that's just how insane that got. Um, but, but yeah, we're, we're past all of that now. It's, it's, it's a fully automated solution. Um, uh, it's, so, so basically I have a dialogue flow agent that can respond to any emoji and pretty much any sticker and you can program it to, to respond to more, but it is a plug and play solution that anyone uh, can, 
can import into their Dialogflow agent and have your bot automatically be able to respond to any emoji and a lot of stickers as well. The most that's, common stickers for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, for those of you who are listening, Mark Littlemore's episode with me was episode 16. So he's, he's such a cool guy. I love him. Yes, he he's awesome. Yeah, I've, I've had lots of great chats with him. So, I mean, that's kind of the nice thing about being in the chat field community and, and the chatbot community is like all the nice people that you meet, you know, like yourself and Mark and, and Rahul. I mean, you meet a lot of weirdos, but uh, you meet a lot of nice people as well. <laughs> oh, a lot of weirdos. That's funny. So anyway, back, sorry, back to EmojiBot. Um, that's available to anyone for a donation. Um, the reason why I'm asking for a donation is because it, this is a real pain point that, that, that bots face. And um, this is one that I've you know, spent a disproportionate amount of time trying to solve, right? Time and effort. And um, we're not asking for much. We're asking for a $35 donation. And the money goes to Pencils of Promise. Uh, Pencils of Promise is a charity that I've been supporting for the last three years. Um, they build schools in countries like Laos, Nicaragua, Ghana, and I have built three schools with them already. Um, these schools are in Laos, and you know the estimated impact is that you know it, it will help over one thousand five hundred children, which I think is fantastic. That I is fantastic. Education, education is the most powerful weapon you can use to change the world. That's what Nelson Mandela said, and I I honestly believe it. I I don't think I would be where I am today without the benefit of my education, and so uh, this is a cause that I. I strongly support. So with EmojiBot, we've raised over $1,000 already. Wow. Um, yeah, so that's been pretty cool. Um, Andrew Demeter just donated two bots and gave them out to two people in the community, which I thought was fantastic. It was super generous. That is uh, cool. There, there is a third anonymous donor who has also uh, donated extra and said, give the bot to someone in the community. So it's this generosity and this, uh, it's fantastic, I think. That's way cool. And I love the fact that you guys are, um, well, you are doing the whole school thing and whatnot, because that's just so incredible. And there's so much, there's so much to you uh, that you casually mention, uh, which is funny. <laughs> so I don't know if you can hear that banging. Those are my kids. I can't, I can't, I can't hear them. Yes, so I hear you have a, a, a kid on the way. I, I do, yes. Number four. Number four. I wasn't intending on announcing it during this podcast episode, but surprise everyone. Um, <laughs> Mom and Oops. dad, you know, there, there's another one coming. So <laughs> We literally just told everybody last week, or at least a majority of the people. So it's been a pretty exciting time for us. So um, the, the kids' reactions were, were pretty pretty awesome too my my second daughter Sophia she just ran around telling everybody and um and just screaming it and anyway it was it was really cute you know and then she asked me if I have a baby in my belly I'm like honey that's not how it works so, <laughs> so but yeah well awesome well so how can um how can people find you um I mean obviously you're you're on Twitter you're on Facebook um, you wake up ridiculously early in the morning to, uh, to do podcast episodes with me. Uh, but <laughs> well, uh, how- yeah, so, so, you know, I used to be, I used to be a night animal. So I, I, I used to love going to nightclubs, going out drinking, staying up to like three, four, five 5am. Like when I was in college, I woke up at two in the afternoon every single day. 
Like, I refused to go to lectures, and I would stay up till 5 a.m. Um, reading my books, like studying. Uh, but yeah, uh, things have changed. I, I feel like I'm more productive early in the morning. Um, that's what, I mean, maybe it's two reasons, right? So, so one is, um, yeah, I'm older. <laughs> sure. And, uh, I, uh, I, nobody disturbs me except weird podcast interviewers at like five in the morning. So I get, I get a lot of work done at that time. Um, by the time, you know, it's seven, by the time it's as early as seven o'clock, like my phone starts ringing, I get, I, I start getting pinged for all kinds of stuff. So it's hard for me to, um, to concentrate. Um, and then, and then evening times is not so good as well because, you know, so I stop work at four in the afternoon, which I guess is fair since I start at four in the morning. <laughs> um, right. And then I, you know, I usually have, uh, you know, a couple of glasses of wine with my, with my family uh, for dinner. And then, and then, yeah, and then it's not conducive work time after that. So sure, sure. Early morning, <laughs> early morning works the best for me for now. That's funny. So how can people get a hold of you? Like, um, what's your Twitter handle? And um, yeah, so, so that's a funny story to that as well, right? So I was, you know, I, I, when I first started building like websites and getting on Twitter, I wanted to find a, uh, you know, and I was learning about like search engine optimization. And if you Google Deborah K at the time, there would be like 15 million hits and none of them would be me. Oh, weird. <laughs> I guess I that's like, a pretty common name, right? It is, it is, it is, right? So even now, like I have, um, I have a, a alert set up for, for mentions of Deborah K. And all I see is in loving memory of Deborah K, obituary Deborah K. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah. Um, but so, so I had to come up with a handle. And so my handle on Twitter is Debbie Discovers. And that's my handle like everywhere else in the world. That's uh, awesome. And it's amazing that no one else has, is or has Debbie Discovers. Um, the history behind that is like, you know, when you build a, a, a free website on a website builder like Wix or Weebly or uh, any one of those, uh, you can set the, you know, the, the, the word before. So it's, I wanted it to sound like I was discovering all these new tools, right? So I wanted it to be like Debbie Discovers Wix, Debbie Discovers Weebly, Debbie Discovers... Um, oh, that's uh, clever. Something else, yeah. And, and because I, I, I am a naturally a very curious person and I love, um, you know, I love discovering new things and I'm always, always trying to learn new things. So... Uh, Debbie Discovers has stuck, so you can find me anywhere on the internet at uh, Debbie Discovers. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. And guys, I do encourage you to go uh, follow her, check out what she has to say. Um, the blog, the Medium uh, posts are, are really, really awesome as well. But uh, yeah, I really appreciate the time, Deborah. And uh, any any parting words? Uh, so I guess, you know, people ask me, how do you get into bots? How do you get into dialogue flow? How do you get into natural language processing? You just go out and try it, right? Try it, break it. Um, <laughs> you know, there's so many good communities in Facebook that you can ask for help, right? So uh, ask for help. That's what I did when I, when I didn't know. And people helped me. People were like, yeah, you should do this. You should do that. And then uh, when I couldn't get the help that I needed in, in, uh, in the Facebook communities, like, I sought out experts. I paid them for consulting time, mm. um, you know, and I, and, 
and uh, and I do try to share whatever I, whatever I've learned uh, by writing up about it so that other people can benefit from it as well. But if, you know, the the best way to try is just Google it, try it, break it, and then rinse and repeat. Yeah, totally. I love that. I love that. Well, awesome. Well, Deborah Kay, I really appreciate your time and uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Well, all right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Deborah Kay. It was uh, a lot of fun. I appreciate she wake, her waking up so early because, uh, like she mentioned, it is early for her when she does do these sorts of things like video and whatnot. So um, uh, mad props to her for doing that. Uh, it's fun recording these things at home. Uh, sometimes it can be a challenge because I do have three kids. And uh, right as the episode was wrapping up, my daughter walked in here. And uh, I kind of quietly told her to come over and sit down and gave her one of my headphones and let her listen to it. And she was asking me who I uh, was talking to, and I mentioned it was Deborah Kay. And anyway, it was kind of a funny conversation after that because I then introduced Deborah to my uh, six-year-old daughter, Sophia. And then Sophia proceeded to then tell Deborah how my wife and I are pregnant and having a fourth one on the way. So that was kind of a... <laughs> An unintended uh, side effect to the interview. Uh, Deborah was really great about it and asked her a bunch of questions, but it's funny how when your kids learn something like that, they just want to tell the world. So anyway, we're expecting, there you guys go, some exciting news from the Hipkey household. Uh, that's me. And um, yeah, once again, hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Uh, be sure to leave a review if you haven't yet already. It takes about 30 seconds and it really helps me out. And until the next episode, have an awesome day and talk to you guys soon.